Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third-tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. All right, everybody, how to automate a self-storage facility. It's a big topic. It's a changing topic. It's an awesome topic. You know, I am... It's important to know kind of some myths about it and some things you've been hearing. In fact, um, and I, if you guys want to, if you're down in the south, I'm speaking in Nashville. Um, and at Nashville, we're speaking on this subject, how technology is changing in the self-storage industry. The reason I'm talking about it, we were the second people in the nation, um, the my friend Travis was the first one, and he was like a few weeks before us beat us to it. Um, but we're, we introduced a technology called Noki, and that allows customers to rent and use storage facilities without ever talking to a manager. So a truly automated system. Now, we're going to get into exactly what that means, but... For this podcast, you got me and Connor here, and this is Self Storage Now, and we are talking about right now what is going on and what we're doing in the automation space at our facilities, because we're doing a lot. We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> Get it Two done. projects right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I have a little backstory on this. Um, a lot of people that listen to the podcast know about the bankruptcy of Kmart, because it was super interesting, and I talked about it on Bigger Pockets, but... One of the things that um, we had done when we came in to operate this large facility, there was a, a guy by the name of um, Reed that does entitlements. He had this bankrupt self-storage facility. And then uh, there was a friend of ours that we actually did a podcast with, Lance Watkins, um, that is very heavy in the technology space, brought him in. And we thought, okay, we're going to do um, a no-key system in the storage facility. And what this system allows you to do is people can go on to our website and there's an app that they can download. So they can rent a unit, download the app, and the key is a wire is a digital key on the application. So you could rent, and we have people do this in Southern California, they will move to our location, they'll come into the facility, use their app to open up the gate, go in, use the app to open up their storage door, which is just a light on the side of the door, and it's red when it's locked. They hit their their um, unit on the app to unlock it. It turns green, click, click, unlocks, and pops up. They move their stuff in. They shut it. They leave the storage facility. It locks, um, and then the gates and everything lock uh, as they leave, and then go home. Never once in this process did they need to talk with a manager, go get a lock, nothing. They moved straight from California, moved right in, and left, and they were done. Now, 
this is a huge topic in the industry, which I want to get into because I uh, there's some people that are like that say that they're doing this automation that they're making managers irrelevant, things like that. If you're a manager that is listening to this podcast right now, don't worry, that's a myth. Because we can automate stealth storage facility, there is no such thing, never will be such thing as an unmanned facility. Now, let me make this very clear because a lot of people are like, oh, that's not true. When I say unmanned, I don't mean that there's not a manager. Today, right now, there are facilities, small ones, um, in the Midwest and on the East Coast that people are um, buying, and they don't have a manager at the facility. But there is also a fairly big myth that they are unmanned. And what I mean is someone still has to go to the facility. They still have to do auctions. They have to keep people out. They have to clean it. We have to fix the facility. Um, Someone has to take care of that facility. So instead, what happens is they have three facilities that are, in air quotations, unmanned. What they really are is they're automated. And then one person will go around to all four of the facilities and take care of them. A real human person. A real live person. (laughs) This distinction needs to be very clear. Now, Well, I think, too, we need to make sure, too, that we have more managers at our, quote-unquote, totally automated facility than we do any other facility. So that's another plug on that too so that's a great point so at our facility now we have three managers full-time managers and people are like well hold on it's automated I'm like, yeah it is it's also 130,000 square feet of indoor self-storage including parking or not including the parking and we also have pull-up indoor rv spaces um it is a huge facility it was a super kmart um so this facility could not be, never would be unmanned. And people that think that it can be has never been there. It can be totally automated. No one needs to speak with a manager. But we have never had so much demand and need for managers as we have at this facility. Now, once again, this is everything from not only just customer service, taking care of locks, units, moving people in and out, um, kicking bad tenants out. There's so much that goes on at that facility. So much that goes on and there's such a need, but that's okay because the revenues that we drive out of that facility because it is automated are much higher than our other facilities because we're the only game in town. So let me tell you, we're not the only storage facility, but when you're in Southern California and you need to move somewhere in the Northwest and you're moving to a city and the only facility that you can actually rent You can get reservations, things like that, for other facilities, but you can't get into your unit and you can't get a lock until the manager. When we're the only one, we're the only game in town. So what we charge is irrelevant to you in Southern California, if that makes sense. So it allows us to automate the consumer buying process, which a lot of people like. Um, Quick story on that. I I, I flew in, I land. And I get my Uber and head to the facility. And the Uber driver picks me up and says, hey, I rent from you guys. I'm like, oh, how'd you find us? And he's like, oh, my cell phone. And I'm like, oh, great. He's like, yeah, rented it on my phone, came in, dropped my stuff off and left. He's like, I couldn't believe it. It was the coolest thing ever. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, yeah. Then I go there. I work. I'm leaving, headed out of my facility. And the Uber driver picks me up. I get in the car and he goes, hey, I rent from here. 
the next Uber driver. <laughs> I got to believe Two it. Two in a row. Two in a row. And awesome. I, I was so stoked, obviously, um, because those are paying customers. Same thing. He rented, used it, came right in, and left. He thought it was the coolest thing ever. So there's a great competitive advantage. Now, back to this technology. The technology that we utilize and are doing is a system called Noki. Um, the guys that started this system have been very kind, and they have offered to um, do a podcast interview with us. We're going to bring them on. Um, I was down at Noki's he- headquarters a couple weeks ago, and going through the technology that they're using to work the locks and the systems and the new technology they're bringing. Right now, one of the downsides that I that I disliked. So there's great positive sides. Obviously, you get it. There's a few downsides. There is a learning curve, okay? Now, the complaint that my customers won't get it or like it, that was just not true at all. Um, we got people that ought, that rented it ought to, uh, uh, through the automated process without utilizing a manager that were 65. Now, other people say, oh, they don't have um, smartphones. Well, that's okay. Somebody walks in, wants to run a storage facility, doesn't have a smartphone, we give them a key fob. So you can use a key fob. They walk up, beep, beep, clicks, rolls up, rolls down. That's better than a key and lock for almost all those people anyways. Um, So as we went uh, through this process, we were surprised by that. All the customers loved it. We we didn't have bad feedback at all. Um, Where... There was the learning curve, though, and a little bit of extra work because technology doesn't mean you're totally handless, was the manager side. So we needed, I think, a out of the managers, the requirements. They didn't. Ha- it's not like they're doing, I, I would say, like tech work, right? They're not out fixing digital pads or coding, nothing, no. nothing even close no. to that. But they needed to be able to troubleshoot maybe an iPhone. Did you refresh your phone? Right, and maybe there's a software update. Well, did you do the software update on your Galaxy? Whatever it is, um, so there's just a little, you know, up like that, and there's a little learning curve on the operations, and there's a cost to it. So there is an added cost to put this into the facility. One of the biggest downsides that I didn't like is it had to be built for it. So I mean, I had to wire the facility. So when we came in and bought the facility, it had to be pre-wired to put the system in. Now that is though. Uh, a really good thing to talk about because when I was down in um, Utah is where they're based out of. When I was down in Utah going through headquarters with them, we were looking at their locks that you can put on that are battery battery powered that will work the same system. That means I can retrofit existing storage. I don't have to build a new one and add it in. I can retrofit. Now, the batteries last for three years. Oh, dang. I know. I was going to say, like, replacing all those batteries might get crazy. but Yeah. Three years. Three years, that's insane. And um, the way that batteries are going, too, I can only imagine in three years, it'll be four years, the next ones you replace. They're going. So that that wasn't bad. Um, now, what we're doing right now is, I think, going to be very unique. And we're going to keep you guys really on top of this because it's going to be an amazing case study. I'm actually really excited. We're going to have to do, like, a white paper on it because half the facility – we're building out at one of our facilities. We'll have no key, and the other half won't. So we get to see how much we can charge, what the differential will be. Say these are premium access units. We got to charge more. 
it'll be very interesting to see how customers perceive the value. We think they perceive it higher based upon our value we put at our other facility, but we don't have on-site tests, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have one that's right. not to test it against and say, oh, no, I'll just take the old one or what. My guess is that we'll have both. Somebody will say, I don't want it. Other ones will say, I do want it. For sure. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. No, I think revenue be great, for sure. Yeah, because, you know, our other facility that's got the, uh, the Noki technology in it, we don't have another facility in that area that's not Noki to really compare it to, um, you know, in the same market or any of that stuff. So, yeah, this one, uh, we're going to have um, two, of the, two of our facilities yeah. that are going to have part Noki and part not. Yep. <laughs> it's so... That it's will be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. I, I'm really excited about it because it'll allow us to all of a sudden map out. Like we could then we can map out cost and we can do a cost analysis and figure out if the cost associated to retrofit is worth it and what your ROI on it truly is. Okay. And we're doing it in two totally different markets. So we'll have it in three different cities across the West, one totally different state. They're each one of these are like nine hours apart. So they're very, very different markets. One's clear up in the Northwest, and the other two, the Intermountain West, and one's on the side of California. So it's, you know, this will be very, very different, and, and I think we'll be able to draw a lot of good data for it. But For sure. So for this self-storage now, automation, automated facilities, there's even more technology coming out. And another thing that I just kind of want to add with that is there are also things like sensors that we put in the facility. So the sensors, you come in, you unlock, and a motion sensor turns on. So once your your door locks, turns red, um, there's a sensor inside that can tell us if the door is locked and if there's someone inside. So now you can spot people if they're trying to live in it. And at two, it's coded to your phone. So we can see every time, every minute, which doors you came in and out of. We can see everything that you're doing. So it also gives a huge you know, lift to security. It's, you know, very, very secure, and we know exactly what's going on in that facility. So it, it, I, I'm, you know, I'm really curious in how it plays out. It, we'll have it in part of uh, well, probably 20% of our portfolio, so we'll be able to give some pretty good numbers about it. And then we're also probably be working very shortly here on what I think other people would call a true, fully automated facility. The reason why we haven't done this, done a managerless facility, which there's, once again, you still have to have somebody working on the facility, but not day to day. That's what we're talking about. Is because the only ones that have, and I was speaking on this with a gentleman that was like, nope, you know, you can't, you, everyone should do this. That's the whole world. That's the way it's going. You know, I'm your worst nightmare as managers, as he said. He was very confident himself. <laughs> and I asked, oh, so, you know, he had, three facilities that he'd done this with and they were 15,000 square feet and 30,000 square feet. And I'm like, okay, well that's totally different than doing this on a 130,000 square foot facility. And even then you are, you have to have somebody on the ground at yes, some point. At you, some you, point. You just can't. You can't. So now where I love this model though is on the small facilities because it can make them more economically viable, which I think in the future, all small facilities will have to be because they're not, they're just not economically viable paying a person day to day. Then you're just going to have to figure out how you structure it. Maybe it's you. Maybe I do a fully automated facility and I just know one day a week or whatever it is, I need to go down and take care of stuff. So that's where I see the huge potential. 
after about 50,000 square feet, I see you able to drop down a person. Let's say maybe you had two full-time. Now you go to maybe one or one and a half people. But once you get over 60,000 square feet again, I don't know that you're going to see a very large effect on the personnel. And over 100,000 square feet, you may be talking about a part-time person. Um, but that's, you know, that's how I think it will affect. So it will have some effect on the small facilities, yes, because most, most of those small facilities are unmanned anyways. You know, I don't know anyone that has a 15,000 square foot facility that has a manager sitting there all day. That doesn't even happen. So to say that you're, you know, changing this entirely and we have a fully automated facility where you don't have an unmanned facility and it's a 15,000, 20,000 square foot facility, you're like, well, you didn't anyways. Um, You had someone that would come and help as you got a new customer. So you can take out part of that, but you still need someone to go clean units, things like Mm -hmm. that. But um, we'll do a video on this too for self-storage income and show the facilities, map it out, um, and on the smaller facilities. But two, if you have a really small facility, you should be working to get to a large facility as quick as possible because the margins on the large facilities are so much larger. They are just economically so much more profitable than buying a 10,000 square foot facility. It just really doesn't make as much sense. So even what you could do is you could automate some small ones, then try to get up to the bigger ones, use automation and line up with um, your, your managers. But so yeah, that's our self storage. Now that's what we're doing on the automation side and what's happening with our facilities. And we will keep you guys updated. For sure. And if you guys want uh, to check out Nokia, just go to the website at uh, N-O-K-E.com. Uh, it's spelled Nokia with, without a Y on the key. So uh, go check them out. They got all kinds of cool stuff. Um, I mean, the padlocks, the access control, everything is, is – the padlocks are even app-controlled. Um, through people's phones or, again, with the key fobs, things like that. So it's pretty rad. Go check them out. And uh, as always, uh, leave us a review. Uh, Check us out on um, YouTube. Get at us on social media. Uh, Where do you want people to go on social media? Yeah, Instagram. um, We have self-storage income and then Facebook. We're trying to build those out. We're much more YouTubers. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But you can email us directly on the website, self-storage income. Perfect. It's got an email. Email us directly. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, everybody.